is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Abbott-Taylor, and with me in this diner is my good friend, who I am just friends with, David William Rogers. Hello. I'll have what she's having. Hello, <laughs> Paris. How are you? What is the film we are doing today, David William we Rogers? We are doing When Harry Met Sally, 1989, directed by Rob Reiner, and the writing credits go to Nora Ephron, which we have done one of her adapted movies in the past. What Women Want, I believe. Um, She did. Okay, then we've done two. Right? Oh. Because we did... Um, did we do You Got Mail? Yes. Yeah. She we did, did last year with Caroline Levich. I am mm-hmm. actually about to go and celebrate her birthday. Oh, happy this... birthday. Big fan of the yeah, podcast. Big fan of the podcast. She's Friend actually podcast. crushing it. We'll have to check in with Caroline um, when things become official. But she has had some big personal career news. Yeah. And so very excited for her. Love a fan of the podcast. Um, and love, love a Nora Ephron film. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. She's got... She's got some some good stuff that she's done in the past. But yeah, this movie stars Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, Bruno Kirby. Um, and I wanted to do this. I started listening to a Billy Crystal audiobook, which is, oh. uh, yeah, really good thus far. And like we were texting the other day, how can you miss with Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan? Had mm. some fall scenes. It's actually, and there was like a snow scene mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. So it's a little with the I know, times. It's like, would the- you consider this like... You know, we always talk about how there's not really like any Thanksgiving movies and there's like movies sort of set in the fall. That's why we Mm -hmm. did uh, You've Got Mail because Caroline was like, oh, this is my favorite like autumn movie. Yeah. But I would argue that there's not that many movies that I would consider classics that kind of encapsulate this current vibe of the, I mean, we're in California, but you know what I mean? Like the leaves falling. This movie does, I think. Yeah, it does. But it also, it's got into... uh you know, winter, New Year's, New right? Year's, so yep. you could say this is a New Year's movie because of the the finish that we have. So I, I looked up a list last week, you know, like autumn, fall movies, and this was one mm. of them. Basically, they said because of the scene walking through the park with the mm. trees changing. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah, listen, I'm a big fan of movies that take advantage of the season. Currently, I think my biggest, uh, you know, first world problem is like, do I like – stop having pumpkin things and start having mocha things or do i just like blend them or like what's my deal like where I are we had, at what I are you that, feeling i had that yesterday uh i was at the airport flying home and i'm thinking as i'm w- walking through the line of course go uh pumpkin spice cold brew right yeah and then i was like but wait a minute halloween's done wait a minute so, yeah. yeah. ended up going with like a shake and espresso but yeah mm. definitely you know starting to walk towards the the mocha lattes, things like that. Yesterday, I kind of had like the best of both worlds, to be honest. I had a vanilla sort of, you know, which to me, like vanilla is kind of like one of the Christmassy flavors. Mm. And uh, but with pumpkin foam on top. And I was Ooh, like, oh, we're making some adjustments. I like it. Yeah. We're uh, we, who said there's not room at the table for both. Yeah. Uh, nobody said that to me. <laughs> So anyway, that's this movie. We can go home now. We've we've figured it out. It's a pumpkin spice and a peppermint mocha movie. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Until next time. No, but for real, um, why did you choose this movie? Because you did text me and you said, I think we should do this film. And I said, great. Let's do it. Because like I said, I was looking for... You know, fall movies, um, you know, coming off uh, the Halloween's ones we did. We had a solid, solid October uh, Mm. episodes. And I wanted to do something that kind of, I don't know, how do you feel like we live in L.A. um, with things slowing down, right? Normally, being from Wisconsin, you know, you lived in Canada and Australia. Mm. Like, do you feel that when, you know, end of October, November, kind of into December, things like life starts to slow down, things start to slow down because the seasons are changing, right? I've always like felt that even living in LA now. So I wanted something with those, with that like time and, um, you know, temperature basically. And I thought this movie was kind of, it was a little slower paced, but as a rom com. But um, I just wanted to see what your thoughts were because I was thinking about that as well. Well, Australia and Canada are completely opposites uh, when it comes to like October, right? Mm -hmm. So in Canada, 
for anyone that lives in like North America, yeah, it's winter. Anyone in the Northern Hemisphere knows. So there is this kind of like, even if you live in like not such a cold place, you do have this like cold snap and it feels very like slowing down. But in Australia, it slows down in a different way because it's summertime. So, you know, people are just like at the beach and they're chilling. And I think... I think it's natural that the end of the year kind of raises a lot of like reflection Mm -hmm. and if it's not a slowing down, then it's like a introspective time, right? Like new year's is always a good time to reset, reset your goals. Um, There's a lot of feelings around the holidays of like, you know, am I going to be alone? You know, stuff like that. Like people start to just, I think, take a beat and analyze their lives. So yes, I think both, the northern and southern hemisphere which this movie speaks to right they both meg ryan billy crystal over the course of i don't know how many years because there's a couple years yeah uh, flash four forwards five years at a time Mm -hmm. and they were they grew through this movie from the start to finish and they had some of that reflecting um especially billy crystal's character you know towards the end um and yeah i just thought their chemistry was fantastic it's to me it's kind of like they come into each other's lives at transitional moments. So the first time they meet, they're driving away from their college town together to New York to start mm-hmm. the new New York lives. Yeah, should we do the you know, synopsis the... real quick? What's that? Should oh, yeah, yeah. Should do the synopsis Let's real do quick? The <laughs> and then I'll come back to my thought. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do it? Sure. So uh, we start off with Billy uh, Harry Burns making out with this girlfriend at Chicago University. And uh, Meg Ryan pulls up. You can tell she's kind of like a, like a sweetheart. I wouldn't say uptight, but, you know, she's... Um, She's a little little softer and she's waiting for Billy to get in the car because they're driving to New York. They don't really know anybody and they drive up and you can kind of see some of their characters come out through that drive. Billy Crystal's spitting grapes out of the window and very abrupt. And they start to get in this conversation. Can men and women be friends, which um, we'll get into in the podcast. But they go to this diner and they have that conversation. Billy Crystal takes a pause and is like, you are very attractive. Meg saying, like, you can't hit on me. You're dating with my friend. They get to New York um, kind of part ways. Five years later, um, you see them in an airport. They meet again. She's with somebody. Um, He's on his way to to some work function. They sit next to each other on the plane, kind of catch up, see where each other's at in their lives. He's getting married. She's with um, a guy that he knows that they've been together for a while. Another five years, same thing, kind of catch up see each other but they're on the back end they both have like broken up and they start talking and then maybe we can be friends and they have this really good uh friendship and this development over the course of that like that third interaction when they start hanging out again and then they go back and forth do you know they hint at it like you can tell they're feeling for each other um and then they finally sleep together and then (laughs) obviously it goes to shit it's a rom-com come back at a new year's party and they confess their love for each other basically and then everything works out um i was saying that i feel like this is a movie about people meeting up at like uh transitional parts of their lives so we meet them when they're leaving college. That's obviously like a massive transition. And then, yeah, when they meet for the second time, he's getting married. She's like just started seeing this guy that she's really excited about. Then it's like they meet again where they're both kind of like ending those relationships. And that's kind of what sparks the friendship. And then, I don't know, there's a part of me that's like they're very codependent on each other. And you kind of see uh, one of these like <laughs> never ending sort of like cycles uh, of like... No, neither of them really moving forward like they'll go on a few dates but they kind of just like continue to rely on each other until yeah something happens mm-hmm. inevitably and even when they're dating other people like they seem so happy for each other but then behind each other's backs they're like do you like that guy do you yeah, like that girl their, she seems kind of young to their friends mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this movie raises a lot of questions I think it's an interesting interesting cho- choice I actually watched it with two girlfriends uh I pitched to them that they should bring their laptops over and we could, you know, work during the day over lunch and watch it. And it was funny watching it in sort of like a small group of women. We were all, you know, pausing it and laughing and talking about like, you know, do you think men and women can be friends? And the two girls I was with both said, absolutely not. They have fully agreed with Harry 
Harry famously says, yeah, men and women can't be friends uh, because inevitably one of them wants to sleep with the other or the man wants to sleep with the woman. And uh, even if, and, and then he even says like, even though you're attractive, it's great that I don't want to sleep with you. But then he does ultimately end up sleeping with her. So do you what is your do you, take? Do you want to sleep with me, Paris? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's like, yeah, like do I you mean... think friends can just be straight friends? I was saying I don't think it's weird if you think your friends are attractive. I think yeah. there's a lot of like love and emotions. What Harry was saying in this film was like very black and white. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, you know, there are friends that I love on a family level, you know, like I would do anything for them. That doesn't make them my like blood family. And it's like mm-hmm. the same with, with people that you're friends with. It's like, I can think you're the full package, but I'm not with you. I don't know. I want to know yeah. your thoughts. Uh, same. I just as you were saying that, I was like, "But you know, me and you are friends." And but it's because I think you're gorgeous, and you th- yeah. You- and I, so- I compliment. You know, you get your your hair done. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "Oh, she's kill, killing it today." But just- it doesn't mean that I'm like, "Oh my god," trying I wanna- to get into bed with yeah, me. Exactly. And vice it's just me. Like, you know, you're a very confident person. You're gorgeous, all that stuff. And I'm just giving my friend props. Like I tell Corbin, my roommate, he gets his haircut, same thing. Yeah. So you don't like have to sleep with him. Exactly. Well, no, well <laughs> don't tell him. <laughs> He's creeping in at night, just staring over his bed. Have, like, Nobody's pops, got locks in the Pops doors. in my room right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he just, like I, he just I, sits <laughs> up out of the bed. He's like, you bastard. <laughs> You've been trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, that's the same when I compare it to that. It's the same exact thing with if I give a compliment to my guy friend uh, because he's, you know, he's looking good one day. He's, he's fresh, got a good fit on. Same thing if I was to say that to you. I think the, you know, this is a 90s movie and you can definitely tell they're like becoming a bit more open to things. But like, mm-hmm. for example, they never say the word sex in the movie. They say, oh yeah, you are making it with my friend or like we slept together. There's like, yeah. you know, it's the nineties, it's the nineties movie. So they're like holding some things back. But what Harry's saying is a very heteronormative thing. Men and women can't be friends. Okay. What about a gay guy and a, and a straight girl? What about a two people, a man and a woman that are interested in the opposite? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like very surface this is, level. Yeah. And like, I think in the nineties, people were a little less open to like pansexuality. Like, you know, I have a friend who, uh, was completely straight and then like, you know, fell in love with her best friend who happened to be a woman and like now they're happy and like together. And I think, yeah, it's less about like wanting to fuck someone's brains out and more like it could totally happen. You could totally fall in love with your best friend over time, you know, but I don't know. I, I think that men and women can be friends and I think men and women can be friends and they can still want to fuck and they don't. And that's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's like, a lot of options. Just cause I want to fuck you doesn't mean I have to fuck you. <laughs> in, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when friends are like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sounds like I was saying that to you, but I mean like in, <laughs> in general, I get you. Yeah. I, like I, yeah. that's the thing that I also like about this movie. It was like, you didn't have to sleep together. You know, like there are instincts that you have, like we're all attractive. Like mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. It's just so interesting to me that they were like, well, it's inevitable. It's a foregone conclusion. And then they did fuck yeah. and then they d- it did work out, but it's just like, there's yeah, also such could, a thing as self-control, you know? Exactly. And you can also tell throughout that movie that they both started to care for each other when they yeah. were spending that time together as singles, right? So I also think it's different when you're friends with somebody that's you are in a committed relationship or the other person is or you both are, right? Because um, your mind not ever even cross that line because you got that other thing there too, right? Yeah. They were they, uh, Harry and Sally were both single, right? Both after uh, a divorce and a, a bad breakup and they were bonding off of that found common ground and there was that attraction there just to begin with so you throw that all together of course you know the opportunity arises they're gonna take well, it there they kind of fucked when she was at a vulnerable position um yeah so that was kind of different mm-hmm. i mean i think we've all made bad choices when we were like really hurting you know yeah and he could have easily been like, I don't want this to happen. But he was like, no, we just. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. But she also like he I think he backed up for a second and she came back in. It was also yeah. weird that they kissed on the mouth just as friends multiple times. It yeah, wasn't I even don't just know. that scene. <laughs> I don't 
was All like, right, it was good to see I'm, you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I might have accidentally gotten a friend on the mouth on occasions, and I always will go home and be like, that was fucking weird. Yeah, was you know weird. what I mean? Yeah, but they did it on, on purpose. They like look at each other straight in the eye and like peck. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it was good to see you. The, kiss, the kissing in this movie, oh my God. I leaned over to my friends and was like, is it bothering anyone else? Because it's like the 90s kissing in movies was just so many noises and so much lip a lot of just, jaw movement and lip yeah it was weird when he that opening scene when they were making out i was like have you done any like acting classes specifically around like intimacy or any of this like type of scene uh yeah definitely intimacy but not like rom-com-ish it's all been like so like because i wonder if there's like a way they teach you to kiss for movies that's that, yeah, that's interesting. I bet or, there is. Or if they just do it and they talk about camera angle. Like, mm. all right, camera set here. This is going to be the shot. Like, it's No, your- but like, you know, tongue kissing, that's all internal. Like, if you're kissing someone that you're actually, like, getting down and dirty with, that's a much more animalistic. That probably doesn't photograph well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the way they're kissing was very, like... Everything's happening where the camera can see, you know, it's so beautiful yeah. and gross. Uh, but yeah, like you, you can't see a tongue going in someone's mouth, like from the outside of, a, you know, someone's yeah. face. So yeah, that's true. It's uh, I'm trying to like rethink of all like the make out scenes. To, we should do the- like a best for Valentine's <laughs> Day. We'll do like a top 10 kiss movie. Kisses. Okay. Yeah. I like that. From like yeah. sloppiest to like <laughs> most intimate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, the friends, I mean, that's the biggest question of this film. It's like when Harry met Sally, it's like they were always destined to be together. But I want to ask you, do you believe in soulmates? Like one soulmate for one person at one period of time. I was thinking about this. I watched this on the plane yesterday and I was thinking about were there any like love who I'm with, right? Um, but like any point in my time, was there any time that I was just so like oblivious that I was missing some sort of universal signal saying like, oh, this is right in front of you, David. You know what I mean? Because this is very, they're showing you that the universe or whatever, serendipity, they're trying to put these two together. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do believe in that um, because there's some, (laughs) some things you just can't explain. It's like, oh, right place, right time. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, you're here. And I've had some of these things where I've just caught someone's eye you know when i was like in my 20s and, and i was just life, the, like know, the world exactly like the world froze around and it was like oh what was that kind of feeling you know things you really can't put into words so yeah i do believe in some of that stuff uh, and then i was thinking i was like was there any time like i was just so in my head or lost in my life that i wasn't seeing you know my surroundings or what like the world or universe was trying to put in front of me Oh, what about you? Well, so I don't know if that I necessarily believe in soulmates because I have lived in many countries and I've met a lot of people and there's just too many people in the world for there to be like one person for every one person. That's that's my take. I think that there's – and this movie kind of speaks to it too. Like right place, like right time, like you were saying. You know, Harry and Sally met – when she was 21 and it got, it wasn't until they were like 35 that they got together or however old they are, 31, 32. And she wasn't ready for that, for him. You know, she knew him, he was in her life, but like uh, for a perfect example, I have a, a friend, a couple friends who are together now that they've known each other on and off for five years. I actually introduced them many years ago. We all used to hike, uh, you know, a couple times a week. And it's only in the last year that they've gotten together and it's because they both weren't mentally in a place to sort of appreciate what was right in front of them, you know? So I don't know. I also am the type of person that does love deeply and and loves a lot of different people. And I think, you know, obviously my partner is incredibly special. And there are days when I'm like, we have so much in common. This is so crazy because we grew up in such different places. But, you know, it was such a fluke that we met. If we hadn't met, I think I could find love, you know, it would be different. Maybe I wouldn't be in the US, whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think if you're open to love, you will find someone you can find it, to yeah. love. So you believe in soul-ish mates? <laughs> I, believe, <laughs> a, I mean, I do a, believe in like the universe unfolding as it should. Yeah. You know, but I, I read this thing and it was about ghost ships. Like life is a ghost ship. So imagine your life is a ship and you're gliding along on the water and like sort of gliding 
you know, in this sort of near distance, shimmering a little bit, sort of out of focus is the ghost ship of the life that you could have had. So for me, it would be like, what if I had stayed in Australia after university? Or what if I had ended up staying in Toronto and just making my life there? Like there's a totally different version of me living parallel, you know, based off of those decisions. And so there would be a totally different love, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, let's get, we got real deep there for a second. No, that's, that's, um, that's valid though. It's, uh, like one of our favorite movies everywhere all at once. Those decisions were made mm-hmm. and maybe that, that Paris is off on that timeline. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But it's, so, a, it's a ghost. It's like, I'll never live in that reality. You won't. You know? Yeah. There's no way for me to go back to that exact no. moment but because a, time moves on. You there know? could be a version of Paris that is doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like, and I thought about that once and that would mean that every single choice would mean that you, Paris, have a relationship with every single person like in this in this world basically if in you theory, made it yeah the people that theory. you come into contact with yeah yeah, yeah. like you yeah, yeah. well and i'm so sure in some of those timelines i'm fucking dead you know not to be dark yeah, but like yeah. some of those decisions were not good decisions uh, so yeah, I drank think, too. yeah right now you're on a good path I think. yeah but i mean yeah. also like that's why whenever i don't feel like i believe in regrets like i don't um I don't believe anyone truly ever makes a mistake. Like, yes, you can really fuck up. Like you could go extreme now and use an extreme example. Like you could accidentally kill somebody or you could, you know, end your marriage, even though you were loving them and like cheat on them or something like that. And that's a fuck up. And that's a huge fuck up that affects other people, obviously. But the journey that you're on, you know, the path that you're walking, like nobody else can walk that path. And I just, like you were saying, like with all the little minor choices, like I don't believe if I had done something differently, like I, for better or for worse, this is my life and I love it. Mm -hmm. And this is the path I'm on. So would you say like you, I I always think about it, you have regrets, but you learn to live with regrets. Like, yeah, that happened and you internalize it. It's like you embrace it. Yeah. And you keep moving forward and trying to live in that moment as best you can moving through life. And I think, but that's the thing, like, I think we need to reframe, like, what regrets are. Like, for example, bringing it back to this movie, like, they didn't get together when they were driving from college, but they did mm-hmm. get together, you know, it was mm-hmm. meant to be. And, yeah, and she was wiser and more emotionally stable, maybe, in theory, <laughs> or, you know, he was maybe she wouldn't open. have found those friends had she been with him from the age of 21. Like, Carrie Fisher plays Marie, her friend that she tries to set up with Harry, and it it falls apart and she ends up going out with the guy that's supposed to be there for Meg Ryan's character. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe, or sorry, Jess, Jess, Bruno Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Bruno Kirby. Was the actor. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I used to love that movie sliding doors. We'll have to do it on the podcast one day. And just like how, have you ever seen that movie? No, never. Oh my God. Gwyneth Paltrow. Great film. Okay. Great film. And it's all about like, literally she misses the train in one universe and then the other one, she makes it and it just shows you. Yeah. Like the differences, but again, regrets is like typically a negative word. And I would say it's not, it's like, you know, there were opportunities like jobs that I missed out on or yeah. Like I interviewed for a Baz Luhrmann's company uh, when I was at Sundance, but they were like, can you get to Australia in the next 24 hours? And if you've ever been to Park City, um, the answer is no, because <laughs> Australia is far away yeah. and Park City is also in the middle of nowhere. And so I missed out on that job. But like, here I am living in LA, you know, that job was going to take me back to Australia. So again, who the fuck knows? No. But at the time I was like, oh my God, my dreams, you know? Yeah. That's it's wild too because the flip side of that, if you just in your case weren't making so many decisions and doing so many things in your life, you wouldn't even have had those opportunities, right? Yeah. So I think the more active you are and the more you kind of get outside your comfort zone and do different things and meet different people, see different things, that just opens up your world, right? A hundred percent. I think it's interesting that Harry and Sally both stayed in New York for like 15 years. Yeah, Neither of them really moved far out of the And Meg took a leap, right? She didn't know anybody in New York and she mm-hmm. wanted, she's like, yeah, we can be friends because you'll be the only person I know in New York. And then they don't speak for five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they lose touch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was something that aged is the lack of technology. Like, I'll meet you here at this time. Like, fuck, text me when you're on your way. 
Yeah, or the the phones. I saw they shot that phone scene like sixty times. Oh, really? The one yeah, where they're, where they're both on the phone. Yeah, Jess um, and Mar- uh, Marie, Carrie Fisher, and Bruno are both in bed, and they both call oh. after they hook up because they do the four different um, side by sides. They were all in different rooms, and all on the phone. So they had to shoot that that many times to line it up correctly. Got it. That is yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other famous. Thing of this movie is, of course, the orgasm scene in the diner. <laughs> uh, so you'd seen this movie before, obviously. Um, yeah, but I don't really remember it. I feel like I saw it younger because this is '89, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I feel like this was I was like super young, and maybe it was like on TV, and I saw parts of it. I'd never sat down and watched this whole thing. So that's the thing too. That's how I felt about You've Got Mail. I'll be honest. There's a there's a chunk of movies. There's You've Got Mail. When Harry met Sally and... Sleepless uh, in Seattle? Say the other one. Was it Sleepless in Seattle? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. yes, Nora at the end of this movie, the credits came on and I was like, when do they go to the Empire State Building? <laughs> <laughs> Corey and Jen, who I was watching with, they're like, that's a different movie. I was like, okay, sorry. I thought that was this movie because I yeah. am so confused now. So I'm like you. I think I'd seen this sort of in bits and pieces. Maybe it was on the background, but this was my first time like concentrating and watching it. So there is an orgasm scene. If you haven't seen this movie... Dirt came out in 1989. Go watch it. There's a scene where Meg Ryan is talking to Billy Crystal and he's like, Yeah, this great date. She had a great time. And she's like, Well, how did you know? How do you know she had a great time? And he's like, I know. And they're clearly talking about this woman, whether or not she had an orgasm. And then Meg, what does she do, David? She sets it off. She starts moaning and uh, Billy Crystal's like, all right, what's going on here? And like, you okay? And she goes further, 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 further and fakes an orgasm in the restaurant at this diner in New York. And everyone's like looking around and one woman goes, I'll have what she's having, (laughs) which became like such a famous line um, in movie history. So I actually Googled it. 80% of women... Uh, say that they have faked an orgasm at one point. So Meg's point was right. I think hopefully in 2022 we're working past like, you know, embarrassments or whatever. Or someone can say like, hey, I actually love it when this happens. You know, and that, that, that <laughs> yeah, we're in like, a sexually open society where people can go like, okay, that's cool. I'll try that. Yes. So a couple things. Like <laughs> I'm just saying because there's there's that piece, like just be open. Like why why lie about it unless you're just trying to get it over with, which I could see being yeah. the case too. Like, all right, like care about this person, but yeah, enough's enough. Like let's just be done with it. <laughs> but then have enough respect for the other person too to be like, Yeah, no, it's just I'm not feeling it right now, right? Um, yeah, let's try some other stuff next time or whatever. But yeah, be <laughs> I would say, yeah, as a man on the other side of that, if you could be more open or just whoever your partner is, whatever it is, try to just communicate more and be open, you know, to the to whatever it is. It just makes me sad to think that people are faking it in 2020. I mean, obviously, this was maybe it was 1989, but like, yeah. You know, even if it's like someone you don't know that well, just being honest, because otherwise it's actually negative reinforcement and they're going to be like, oh, she loves it when I jackhammer body slam into her vag, you know. I've been been doing this for years and haven't had a complaint yet. Yeah. (laughs) Because there was a viral, there was a viral thread or I forget how I found it, but basically I think it started on Reddit and this girl was like, did you read about this? My boyfriend has this sex playlist and he always this is one song that he likes to finish to and like blah, blah, blah. And like, I asked him to stop listening. Oh, maybe it was the guy writing it. And she asked me to stop uh, using this particular song when I was finishing. Um, So I did, I turned it off and like, we haven't been using it, but he still was like thrusting to the beat of this music. And she finally like broke up with him. Did you read about this? (laughs) No, that's hilarious. So was it uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight? No, I'll, um, I'll, cu- I'll cut in or whoever, whichever else is editing this podcast we'll cut in the uh, the song for it but it was like eh, 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 eh. it was like the most and people were losing their shit on TikTok people were like trying to pump to it to see like the rhythm and it's a fucked up rhythm is um, it and uh, like the yin yang twins or whatever it's not a known song it's like some okay. DJ and then I saw him on Twitter being like holy shit like he was his song was like getting so many plays <laughs> on Spotify and stuff yeah. uh, so um 
Yeah, I mean, that girl put up with that shit for like three years and she finally dumped him. So yeah, I mean, it's wow. not always yeah, people being honest. That's weird. But, that's selfish though on the guy's part. Like, yeah. I'm going to do this just for me just to get up. Right? Well, well she, of, like you said, no complaints. I've had no complaints because the girl was probably like, how do I bring up that I fucking hate this rhythm? <laughs> you know? Switch up the hips. Um, did you see? <laughs> did you see how that line came about? Uh, I'll have what she's having? Yeah. No, tell me. So, well, first of all, it was Meg Ryan's um, idea to put that fake orgasm scene in this okay. movie. While they were rehearsing, Meg said, like, we should do a fake orgasm when he says that. Uh, and they loved it. And then they were talking about it during rehearsal. And then Billy Crystal said, yeah. And then afterwards, someone should say, I'll have what she's having. And then when they shot it, that's actually Rob Reiner's mother who delivers that's that line. Awesome. Yeah, in the movie. So See, if I got to make a movie, I would totally have like a little cameo from like my dad or someone, you know, yeah, just yeah, make it fun. Exactly. Um, I did also, well, a couple of uncomfortable scenes is that scene, which like, I just think it's a bit cringe. If if I went to lunch with any of my friends and they started faking an orgasm the loud, I would just walk out and I'd be like, they got my check. <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> like, don't. Done, mommy. I don't need that kind of like, I, I for me, it's like very attention seeker i think in la too where i'm just you're just so used to seeing people do like tiktok videos in the i middle. think i think i would sit there even if i'm like embarrassed i'd sit in it just to let the other person you know, <laughs> like, do, like do their thing <laughs> no. like if they're trying to make a joke or whatever trying <laughs> to get whatever kind of reaction <laughs> and i'm, I'm like, like I'm, <laughs> i straight up stand up and walk out i'd be like i'm not with this fucking idiot <laughs> see ya <laughs> I could picture All you the sandwiches out. did look good. Maybe I'll take the sandwich. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> um, hilarious. There was another scene, though. There's a scene where Billy Crystal is talking in, like, a weird accent when they're in, like, a museum or something. Yeah. And according to the internet, that was kind of an improvised scene. And there's one point where Meg Ryan looks over and she's actually looking at the director like, oh, what's happening? I think maybe they were just, like, rolling on a camera test and it was cute, so they kept it. Yeah. But... I kind of yeah. know what you're talking about. She looks over to the side. She's kind of like, uncomfortable. Kinda comfortable, yeah. Which reads really well because yeah. that was her actual emotion. So that's, yeah, that's good. I love well, that. Because they, they have kind of an awkward friendship. It's a lot of back and forth. Mm. He's very like, you know, snooty and like New York intellectual guy. Um, I don't personally, no offense, Billy, would totally marry you right now. But uh, he's not my sexual cup of tea in this this movie okay, which is okay you yeah. know not all it's, leading men are are he's Brad just like, Pitts. he's just like a little scrawny sort of like you know smart ass new york guy <laughs> but it's so funny my friend who was watching it with me Corey, she was like can we talk about how billy's character is serving looks like she was like i would wear that i would wear that every every outfit of his yeah. she was like that's full fashion for women now like i would totally oh, wear interesting that. i didn't think that i did like uh mag's fits um, Meg had some good like, fits especially too. like with that that bowler hat mm -hmm. very she's, Diane Keaton, she's we were a saying. cutie yeah for but sure. no, there was a there was a scene where Billy and uh, Jess, the character Jess, were like wa speed walking through the park, and she's like, "I have those pants, my friend." She's like, "I have that outfit, like to go work out for her hot girl summer." <laughs> Billy Crystal was the the ultimate hot girl hot yeah, girl fall. That was weird when they were fast walking. <laughs> yeah, like I get it. Maybe the camera can't keep up. They don't want them running through the park, right? Especially no, I think that was a nineties thing. Like speed walking everywhere, but, and then to wear just the tights. I see dudes do that at the gym, and that's like my one thing. Wear shorts yeah. over your tights if you're going to do that. No, no, one, see, no one wants there, to see that. There was an, a scene where they were at a batting cage and Jess was wearing like these tight, like uh, these tight tights and then booty shorts over the top or something. And I was like, what is he wearing? I would rather have the booty shorts. That's what I'm saying. When, when dudes just wear just the tights or just like the sh uh, compression <laughs> shorts and it's just nothing but bulge hanging. I don't, no, I want to see that at the gym. I want to see it. Don't be so close-minded. They can do whatever they I'm want. I'm not close-minded. You know what I'm saying? Like if the dude's like squatting a ton, I'm like, oh yeah, that dude's got a you know good dump over there. He's got a good butt. Good for him. But I don't need to see just the imprints and the, the lines exactly. The helmet. Yeah. Not see any of it. Um, okay. Well. Yeah, so this pod, this uh, this podcast, we're losing our shit. So the movie, uh, no people of color, shocking. And I was I was sad because you had the opportunity to put a couple of color 
in yeah. the interviews. Anyone, the, literally. The old, those older actors, because those are older actors. I thought oh, they were yeah. real people. Because um, Nora picked, she interviewed people on set, right? Um, or like through production. And she got those stories and then interweaved it. So those are actors. And I looked up, some of them have actually been in other stuff. Like one was in Superbad. Oh, when he, okay. And she, the old grandma's like, Enjoy fucking jewels. Well, we were we were debating if they were real couples or not, so they were yeah, not. Yeah, so based on, but no, they're actors, and a bunch of them. I read an article, a bunch of them that have been in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just sad that because you could have definitely had you had all white couples and then an Asian couple or Japanese couple and then no people of color. Yeah, that were interviewed. Not a single one. And it's so easy to throw anybody anybody in there right or like god forbid that like meg ryan's character was dating a man of color or like you know one of the girls yeah, who's bringing around anyone to show diversity in new york but they're exactly. all straight white people that they hang out with so and then did you guys when you were watching this did you talk about like how much money these people have for being in their early 30s well that one apartment that uh, billy crystal's harry's character lives in with the, the huge carpet like that would take up every single inch of my living room like and kitchen and my whole house that yeah. carpet was huge. Like, I want to look at like property in New York in the late <laughs> you know, 80s. I could- you know what? We did pause at the girls and I and we were laughing hysterically. The scene where she's the three of them are sitting around having lunch in like Central Park and Meg Ryan's wearing like pearls and a like a suit. And they're like, but I'm 31. And then yeah. we paused it and we were like cackling. Like these women <laughs> seem like they're in their f- late 40s. Like to yeah. us, I, we were all staring at each other in the room. Each one of us was wearing sweatpants and like slides. <laughs> floppy jumper but we've also like seriously taken care of our skin like i spend so much money on skincare we like you know these women they were acting and they were talking about like buying dining room sets i would fucking jump off a bridge if someone tried to start a conversation with me at lunch about a dining room set i'd be like goodbye like you wouldn't pull out your rolodex and, and my rolodex give, at the give table. names of people <laughs> that, i guess now the equivalent is like Ooh, let me pull sets. up his instagram you know yeah there you go. Um, but yeah, no, the women, the 30 in the 90s, we've talked about this. 30 in 1989 was not 30 in 2022. Like, mm. I'm older than Meg Ryan was in that moment, and I way have my life less together. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like, okay, so maybe the population was less and you could get, like, people had better jobs or whatever. I don't know. But I was just thinking, like, how do these brand new 30 year olds afford all of the things that well, they're these are doing the, they're boomers aren't they like this is like yeah, if i'm thinking well if you, yeah if, see there you go if you're like 30 something in 1989 like that's what those are my parents and now my parents yeah. are like 60 something so they, my dad they is. paid a couple grand for college yeah shit was easy as fuck mm-hmm. like you could buy a house i mean it, it wasn't like our grandparents level but like you could still if you had a good job for a couple of years you could like put a down payment like this is definitely the emergence of like the dual income um crew because like mm-hmm. obviously meg ryan's not planning on being like a stay-at-home mom her character sally she's a she's working gal as a lawyer but still like yeah they both had these fucking huge moments in new york <laughs> oh man i wish we could get in a time machine just to go back and invest in property yeah, seriously right? Yeah. Uh, like if was... a genie came to me right now, because we're going to do Kazam next episode and I was watching it, it's like, man, if a genie came to me and be like, I just want like, to be able to afford a fucking house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In LA too, though. Not Wash just, dryer, not just anywhere in LA, which is even yeah. harder. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So then this is a fun movie. Definitely a couple like fun. Uh, did you knows? So one is this was shot in New York, which I mm. like. You can actually go and see a lot of the uh, locations, which I was thinking that would be fun. Next time we be. all do like a friend trip to New York, we should do some of these like sex in the city walks or like, you know, when Harry met Sally, you can see eat at that table and they have like a little plaque there. Yeah. Um, the one I said, I, I was thinking about this too. Like we've talked about New York and how it can be like its own character, character. in movies. Do you still feel like you would want to live in New York for a, yeah. a little stretch of time? You? Yeah. I was thinking like, this movie makes it, it romantic yeah, as fuck definitely, too. Definitely. I was like, yeah, maybe. You know, I, I think, was, yeah. Now that like we're coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people moved out here because of space being an issue in New York. But, you know, I was in Barcelona recently and I fucking loved like running into people on the streets and just like that interaction. LA is like, you know, spread out. So you mm-hmm. don't see it. It's harder. Um, what other fun facts did you have? You love a fun fact. I do love a fun fact. So yeah, I, I said the... Well, what, this, mo- this movie... 
Billy Crystal thought it was going to be a bomb, but it actually opened to $93 million at the box office and became the high, 11th highest grossing movie of the year behind Ghostbusters 2 and Batman. So those are the company that they keep. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read that Rob Reiner was afraid of working with Billy Crystal because Billy was a friend and he was worried that they like wouldn't take it seriously. That makes sense though, right? Like you don't want to end a friendship because we've seen that before when we've done these movies that people, there's friendship ruined. There's also an Easter egg to Rob's next movie in the film. If, do you know what it is? I do. And I want us to do this movie at some point. We'll do it. I feel like it's scary, but I couldn't probably handle it. But yeah. So in one of the scenes, uh, Harry is reading the book Misery by Stephen King. And Rob went on to make that next with James Caan and Kathy Bates. Very different. Not do not watch it thinking that it's a that it's a rom com because it is not. I saw that movie when I was young and like thinking back, I was like, where are my parents? I should not be (laughs) exposed to this. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be watching that as a child. Um, But yeah. So those are my kind of fun facts. What else you got? Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks was originally offered mm. the role of Harry, which is interesting because they went on to do Sleepless in Seattle. And You've Got Mail. Right, and You've Got Mail. Um, all Nora Ephron movies. <clears throat> and then it was also offered, or not offered to, but Albert Brooks, Michael Keaton, and Harrison Ford, and Bill Murray were all considered. So, mm-hmm. And I saw that, Molly Ringwald was in the mix for Sally, which yeah, would have been, she yeah. was a 90s darling. Meg Ryan had never been a lead in a movie before, um, uh. but then was able to convince Rob Reiner. And then this was like a jumping off point for her. Yeah. Right. Because then she's she, so pretty. Yeah. My God. And this, her big old eyes and her fluffy hair. It's gorgeous. Just, the more and more we, we went to um, that, that film group that you're in, that you introduced me to mm. uh, a week or so ago. And we just talked about just being like raw and like how effortless it can look. But if, if you like strip yourself down and that's how I feel Meg Ryan is as an totally. actor, she's so just like raw and like naked. And it's just, just like easy. Oh, she makes it look to, effortless, yeah. which is just so phenomenal. Cause she's so like open to just like being so vulnerable. So does Billy though, to be yeah. fair. Actually all the acting in this mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty good. I mean, Carrie Fisher is a fucking legend. She's like a supporting character in this. And I yeah. just couldn't take my eyes off her in every scene. Mm-hmm. She's just dynamite, like dynamic actor. Yeah. I just love how like these groups come together. Cause the mm-hmm. more and more we do this, it's all these connections that are made. Right. Oh yeah. So like, uh, we just got to, you and I got to get in there so we can start We're in there, man. making I was at these. A yeah. NFT AFM thing last night. I was like, AFM is the American film market, which is happening. Um, it happens in LA in November. It's where investors come out. And what I find interesting right now is, and we'll get into this in other movies, we should do like more of a cyber crimes or like whatever internet movie crossover. But like, the intersection of entertainment and technology is becoming really interesting. But yes, it's also. You know, I was at this event and it's a lot of familiar faces. Like, you know, there's a lot of crossover in our business mm-hmm. and yeah, we're all kind of coming up together. So definitely gotta keep at it, David. Exactly. Um, and then also one more thing. So this is very impactful. Billy Crystal improvised a lot of the New York Eve, uh, sorry, New Year's Eve scene. <laughs> New York um, Eve, yeah. Yeah, the New York Eve. Um, and then he came up with, I love the way your nose crinkles. And when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Beautiful which is a line. fantastic line, yeah, that he came up with. So that was amazing. That was an amazing line. There was some great lines. There was also a line that rankled the shit out of me, which was when Carrie Fisher and her the other friend were trying to convince, you know, Sally to get back out there. And she's like, what are you going to die alone? And she's like, what am I going to just like marry some guy? And she's like, yeah, but then at least you'd be married. And I was like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, thinks that di- way. Like, if you die unmarried, cool. Like now gives a shit. Yeah. Instead of just throwing yourself in something you don't want to be in. We didn't really touch on it. We're getting long in the tooth here, but it did. It was a bit stifling, like the expectations of the women that they just had to be with someone. And I will say this movie did kind of like prioritize couples over singles. Like, by the way, there's no one way to live your life. I know tons of single people who are so happy. And then I know single people who like want to be with someone. And then I know couples that I'm like, you should just both break up. Like seriously, (laughs) be alone. I just, it's fascinating. Like culturally we prize love. We prize like being together, like just in a couple. And now like with the rise of like 
polyamory and like all of that shit. I think there's many different ways. People who don't want to be tied down. So just we're this letting, was kind of old letting school. go of that structure. Yeah. That that was like spoon fed us. So yeah, if that works for you, I'm Great. happy for you. But if if somebody else likes another way, yeah. you should be happy for them as well. Yeah, like go to college, get married, have a kid, buy a house, blah blah blah, work in the job. Like that's not the nineties movies and the traditional like families that we see are not reflective of like real life now. And I'm mm-hmm. glad we're starting to see more like blended families on TV and, you know, all these different ways of living. Cause that is something that did age like milk for me was just the way that the women were just expected to, you know, even there was a scene where she was working out in a workout class, like to try to get fit, like post breakup. And he was doing something not that it's like, Oh yeah. Don't forget <laughs> women. Like you have to look hot to attract the next guy. And the guys don't. Maybe I'm reading into it, but anyway, <laughs> it's that time of the podcast where we must yeah. give a shout out to someone from the cast or crew. I will go first. I'm shouting out casting Janet Hershen, Hershenson, Janet Hershenson. She is a casting director and has worked in the casting department. Some of her credits as a casting director include uh, Shock and Awe 2017, um, Perry Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. That's a great franchise. She did Frost Nixon great great movie the bucket list casino royale the da vinci code believe me i mean this person has credits she did how the grinch stole christmas which i'm sure we'll all be watching this year um all the indiana jones stuff and then even home alone so uh janet we see you and we appreciate you we see and appreciate you janet great credits top-notch movies yeah yeah the last one was 2017 so i don't know if she's still doing it but casting is such an important part of movies as we both know Mm -hmm. i'm just hanging out now who you got okay i went with m todd henry Hmm. And I think the M stands for maybe master of camera and electrical department (laughs) uh, because he was a camera operator on this film. So I just thought it was really cool how they shot that scene while I was watching it. Mm. And I was like, how did they do that? Did they shoot it individually, cut it at the edit, you know, do it this way? Or maybe they shot it. And I was just going back and forth. So to read that they did it in four different rooms, you know mm. what I mean? All at the same time was was amazing. But that they had to sit there for like 60 takes. Um, he also did one of our favorite movies on this podcast, which is Tropic Thunder. Wow. All right. Get that booty sweat back into Nang. Mm-hmm. Um, Men in Black 2 he worked on. Casino. He also worked on Misery. So mm-hmm. maybe he's plugged in with, yeah, with Rob a little bit there. So, That's you know, her. build those bridges and... And, and, and keep them structurally sound. Take mm-hmm. that metaphor however you want. Um, but yeah, M. Todd Henry, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. All right, David, what's the verdict? Fresh, not fresh? What do we thinking? Okay, uh, I'm going to say this is like, I'm going to say this movie did not age like milk. I'm going to say it's like, okay, you go to your coffee place and... They put a milk in there that's just a little, like just the day after, a little Mm. bit almost expired. So there's like a little tinge of, this doesn't taste exactly how I want it to, but it's still delicious, right? Mm. You know, your pumpkin spice, your your chai lattes, your dirty chai, which I'm big on right now. But it's mm. it is a it is a little like, oh, this isn't just exactly how I like it. And mm. I say that only because um no minorities in this movie. I was like hoping so much that there was gonna be uh Somebody. a minority couple just in one of those interviews. Never came for me. I mean there was the the Asian couple, but you know, a people of color um in that and the interview. Was so tiny, come on. Yeah, exactly. And it just never hit for me. So I was kinda like sad about that part because I love this movie so much. Um and then I also thought this would be great. This is one movie I would watch a remake and I would just want the parts flipped. So like you could even take the dialogue keep it the same just uh a male you know harry's doing sally's lines and sally's doing um harry's lines and just i think that would be incredible to watch and then obviously throw in you know some people from some different backgrounds in this movie and i and i would still watch that because i think it'd be interesting 
Okay. Well, I agree with you. I feel like this is, I'll say like a powdered milk that they offer at like one of the delis that they go to that hasn't changed since 1989. <laughs> so yeah, that just tastes like sort of, there's something, it's like good. And you're kind of like, oh, I'm in this cute diner and I'm having this experience. But then you're like, this is a, like, this isn't so fresh. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not from a cow today. So <laughs> That's how I feel about this movie. It is very cute. It's a classic. I fucking love Nora Ephron. I love Meg Ryan. I do love Billy Crystal. I love everybody in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, Carrie, we miss her. Um, But as a woman living in a city by myself for a couple of years and just living life, I think there's some themes in here that that are aged. You know, you don't need to be married to be happy. You don't need to be with someone to be happy. If you're, you know, don't let society tell you how to live and kind of feel like they do that a little bit. Her friends pressuring her and there are no people of color and there are no representations of anybody, you know, differently abled, which is my new, you know, I'm starting to notice as well. Like we don't have representation of that and we don't have representation of the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. because are you telling me you live in New York in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and you've got no friends of different, you know, even like the weddings and a funeral had the gay couple. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Like if this movie was to be re- remade with people from all different backgrounds, I think it would be fantastic. You just have to, you know, get your girl to cast it right mm-hmm. correctly. Um, but I, I would watch this movie Love for to see sure. like a non-binary version of this, you know, where it's like, two gender fluid people living in New York, a bit more reflective, you know, maybe they meet on the way to like punk concert. He sells mm. NFTs. She's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, let's, let's just do a new he version. Sells NFTs. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a fun watch. I think definitely this time of season, if it's gets getting cold, you know, get a cozy blanket, yeah. feel the feelings. Check it out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good one. I think to kick off, you know, going into this, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas season yeah. for, for us at the and to Age recap, Like Milk podcast. To recap as well, like, it's okay to have friends of the opposite sex that you do want to fuck. You just don't have to fuck them. So <laughs> that's the word on that. That's the <laughs> word on the street, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for suggesting this movie. We can't wait to do Kazam next time. We're sort of shifting into a different... That's a whole other. I'm excited for that. that I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, good good fun. Um, Got some more exciting guests coming up. You and we're getting ever closer to our 100th episode. (laughs) So for now, you should just go ahead and check your fridge and make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Gross milk is gross. That's our show. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.